Pick up your paintbrush. It's time for Hobby Support Group, The Gallery, Part 2. Hello, listeners. Good evening, Ed. Good evening, Tom. Hello, listeners. We are back here with Part 2 of the November-December Gallery. Actually, once what we said in the end of a previous episode comes true and we follow through immediately in a timely fashion. So here we are with the continuation of the gallery that we didn't record the other night because I went on too many weird tangents and digressions talking about <laughs> you know, what political system looks best for different hobbits and that sort of stuff. Today, hopefully, we won't sort of end up into like the People's Soviet Republic of Mikkel Delving. <laughs> we, will, we will sort of see what happens or not i think we may be safe um the, the automotive industry um was the, the the one strong point of their economy i believe so i do serious I, we are already on the tight but i do so seriously want to play like a september campaign themed game on like a hobbiton terrain i just think it would be brilliant i just for some reason Part of my brain wants to drive Panzer Wands over Hobbit holes. I just think it's, I just like the idea. I'm sure we can make it happen. It's, yeah, that's, you know, put a pin in it from a 50th. You know, I've got nine years to do it. That's it. Just like, <laughs> like the idea of like Hobbits with lunge charges hiding behind bushes, ready to bring them out with the, the old home guard training manuals. Or, you know, chuck a sheet over the top of them. That's all you need. That's modeling opportunities all the way. Um, Absolutely. It upset everybody, upset the fantasy fans, upset the historical fans. That, that, that sounds <laughs> definitely a, a, a project to be um, remembered through the ages. Well, it's, just no, it's no more really random than one of the actual Home Guard training manuals I've got, which was literally written by a guy going, I had a, I had, had a lot of cheese the other day, went to sleep. <laughs> this is the dream I had. It's an official training manual. Because I think all the games that I've seen where you do the home guards, they're all very much, we're doing dad's army. But you could definitely do a game based on the home guard, which was a bit more gritty. Oh, well, in re- I think home guard does, like, I think dad's army does them like a massive disservice. Sure. Because, like, there were, like, especially anybody over, like, a certain age, they were all, like, combat veterans from World War One. Yeah, the old like a lot of the older ones had sort of like colonial combat experience. Yeah, and they were sort of like fully prepared to, you know, really get stuck in and like not necessarily the home guard, but like the I've forgotten the exact name, but they were sort of like basically like a secret subgroup that was yeah. Uh, sort of like they had like assassination lists of all sorts of people who were like you know, oh of course they yeah, had like yeah. names of like thousands of people to sort of you know keep your eye on this person if they sort yeah. of you know, if the local police constable starts collaborating make sure he has like an accident um yeah so i think you could do some really like realistic gaming with that yeah. if you wanted to probably not panzer ones in hobbiton no that's true that's probably a different kind of genre of game So that thing about not having digressions, Tom. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so let's start, shall we, today with. I don't even know if we should just cut this out and just start it again, or we just leave it in. I I leave it in. Leave it in. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm always of the leave it in persuasion. So. uh... 
we will continue our journey through the gallery in this part two with George Bell and his Seven Years War staff. And George, these are absolutely cracking. Absolutely. I think like painting the brims of the hats and that sort of stuff is rude. Um, they look absolutely smashing. Um, I'm really interested to know what size bases these are because I don't think they're the normal 60 by 30s. Mm -hmm. And so they look really nice. Um, I think that these are like a variety of things for Seven Years War. There's Cossacks and all sorts of things in them. And I think they look really, really, really nice. Um, big fan of the painted MDF base edge. Yeah. Um, these And these are just so crisp, clean, really nice, some very dandy flag action on yeah. them as well and yeah i just brilliant cavalry quite hard to get your flags to wave at that size you've got to be quite cautious in getting them to blow in the wind as it were with your pva or varnish or whatever you're using i think uh i think andy foe's secret was prick stick yes you know i think yeah i've always thought it was like people use like uh Tomato puree tubes, all that sort yep. of stuff. Um, yeah, I think these are absolutely smashing. And it, once again, you know, more ammunition in that fire of how good six mil armies look. Absolutely. When yeah. they're sort of like ranked up loads and loads of them. Um, and I really like how you've done the infantry companies with the sort of like the flag and the, the commands like in the front of the ranks. I think that looks really cool i will admit i don't know how um so like the units looked themselves during this period exactly but i think these look great any other comments ed before we move on from Just, george uh, no, uh yeah no uh, really really good vibrant colors um really clear distinction between the units um and when you get up close you can see their facial hair which is uh, more ambitious than I was when I painted my Napoleonic Austrians. So, I did. Did you not go? I thought you were doing loads. Of, I thought you did the moustaches on the loads. I of your thought distance. about doing the moustaches, and then I thought, oh, you'll never tell from that distance. Uh, so maybe I need to crack out my fine brush and start painting moustaches back on. Nah, make them make them feel. You know, lucky they've got a face. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now we now move on to John Martin and. Well, I know I saw when this was first posted up, I thought it was a, an instantly case of one of those models you see that you go, I never knew that existed. I now need it sat on my shelf of the pumpkin beholder, possibly legally distinct thing, um, yeah. which I think is brilliant. Um, somebody who has a home which is filled with quite a few Halloween-esque knickknacks and trinkets this is a monster that i think i could get away with on the shelf um i really like it but i really like all of these that um john has painted up i think all including like the gnome on the pony um, yes. which is a, a sub you know could be the episode of this title i know last week we had a little 10 mil gnome and a unicorn um yeah really great sculpts really cool paintwork on these i think it's such a a cool range of models that any one of these sort of would be a really cool figurehead model yeah. for like any army or a big bad 
just look really cool. And then, but it's not all just, you know, giant griblies and big monsters, beholders, and that sort of stuff that John painted. He also painted up like whole band of adventurers, which look again really quite cool. Um, yeah, I like these a lot. Yeah, I think these are like a great collection of like player characters, you know, random minions, mooks, hiredlings, whatever you've got people playing D&D or for whatever game these are, are, are played for. And then a good cross between of like fantasy, giant gribbly monsters and just cool models. Um, not sure what range these are from, but these are really quite complicated models because you've got sort of like so many different textures and you've got the fur, the leather, the wood, lots of metals, lots of flesh, lots of different furs on them. Yeah. They must be an absolute nightmare to paint. And yet I, I may be wrong, but I think they're a, a Song of Ice and Fire miniatures, um, the, the miniature game that they put out. Um, I, I, like I say, I may be wrong, but just looking at the fact you've got mammoths and giants and wolves and things uh i think this might be the um the free folk uh north of the of the um of the continents of uh, westeros so um so yeah uh that that's that's my that's my guess oh i think they look cracking yeah, either way they look great they look they fill me with dread at thoughting of trying to paint them but oh that's so many different I, textures i also like his uh paint mug which is the Ninja Turtle mug that I had as a kid. We are not sponsored by Ninja Turtles. No. <laughs> if, if, Ninja, if Ninja Turtles want to sponsor us, we will gladly take it. Um, and then moving on to some Zeechian looking dudes who I assume these are, or they should know that these are Slaneshi. I think these are three war bands. One yes. Zichian, one Slanesh, one of unknown religious alignment. Would you go with that one, Ed? Some of the new, yes, you've got, I, I would say so. Right at the back row, you've got some of the new um, sort of undead uh, ghost type things, haunted sheets. Uh, they've got a more formal name, I'm sure. And then in the middle back, I believe you've got some uh, of the new kind of fungus maniac goblins uh for, for age of sigma which are really great sculpts um so uh but yes i think there's quite a lot of chaotic shenanigans going on here as well yeah it's actually six war i'm thinking it's three war bands there's six bands <laughs> i think that's right yeah john batch paint but like let's no let's not just batch paint multiple figures let's batch paint multiple armies or war bands at the same time just mm -hmm. make it that's i take my hat off to that level of of course because it's like the other in front of the haunted sheets are goblins on squigs on me got some squig ah, yes very blue looking squigs yeah it's um i guess a squig is one of those things that you don't instantly recognize until you sort of like got your brain clued in to look for a you know, absolutely a squig <laughs> <laughs> um and then and now these I think are really quite special. Yeah. Um, these uh, Stormcast Eternals, which I don't know if these are like objectives, if they're 
terrain or if they're actually sort of like a warband or like actual miniatures. But I think these are brilliant. And I think yeah. I think these send us like a really cool example of how if you've just got like a random sprue or like half a dozen random models or something that you've got no idea what to do with, the good old chestnut of make them statues and scatter terrain. Yeah. Works really well. Cause I think you could you could put these on almost sort of like any table as statues and they would work brilliantly, I think. Do you agree, Ed? I, I completely agree. Um, either that or they're kind of animated statues that uh, where the fungus has taken over, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah, I think you could, with some theatre of the imagination, it could be all sorts, couldn't it? It'd be like they're like guardians who have been like guarding like an enchanted grove or something who then have come to life to protect it. Or, you know, you, you've got an adventuring party who's failed a perception check and they don't realise that they're actually moving <laughs> really slowly. Uh, I think it's great. I, I really, really, really like them. And then I also really, really, really like some 15mm little angry, stunty, barbarian-looking dudes. Yeah. Um these are good fun um very nice color scheme you know the, the black and yellow looks really popping mm. fun sculpts i think these to me scream something like oh, i want to play like a sword weirdos or something like that these i think sort of i think these would do quite well for that um i know you've played a lot more of it than i have yes but i think um i think sword weirdos are sort of think about you know the guy who's taken around the like Half crucified, eviscerated dude with a bit of spine <laughs> hanging down. You know, that's, that's just my banner. You know, it's, he must maybe be that's like, the commander. Maybe that's you know, he, he reckons he can walk it off. It's like the guy who's carrying must be like really working on arm day because that's that's like a really <laughs> counter. It's not a very well counterbalanced flag, is it? Really, it's just half a body on the top of a stick. Like, oh, don't worry, I've got this with my forearm. I've been, this is yes. Presumably, he's got a backup if he wants to move the banner anywhere. Yeah, um, but we, 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 I think there should possibly be a game at some point where it's just about banners. It's some sort of like paragliding game or something. Just, <laughs> the idea is you just have like you just paint one or two, just paint like a figure with a banner, and it's just whoever's got the fanciest, dandiest banner, banner fights. We're just risking like some like kite fighting rules for banners you just have two people with the banners going in um i think that would definitely work and i've I've seen quite a few armies where they are in danger of taking off because of the, the size of the banners um i think that would be quite a lot of fun so thank you very much for that john looking forward to seeing more of those things that we can then misidentify in the future of like what is that <laughs> So we now move on to Martin Smith and some ancients. And so we now get to fully play what are the ancients, although I actually do know what these are. So that could these are some Arab uh, Armenians. Mm -hmm. I probably pronounced that wrong, um, but I, I did make a note among that. Uh, and, but then actually Martin made our life really quite easy some of these photographs and please other hobbyists take <laughs> note 
if you want Tom and Ed when doing the gallery to correctly identify things, there is that the little idiot uh, appreciation society here loves the subtitled tags that have been put on the pictures. So we yes. will now start looking at Martin Stacians, and these are lots of fun. Yeah. Um, I am assuming these are some uh, Meg armies. Um, will be Meg or DBA, the one that uses the 14 units. Um, apologies, listeners. Today we're recording on a Friday night, so Tom and his brains are equally both melted by having yes. been at work all week. <laughs> <laughs> Tom and I we, try and talk games. Um, yeah, we, we might not be as quite quite as uh, as spry and um, nimble with our words as we were on Monday. Uh, yeah, um, these are really nice. Uh, like yeah, nice. Simple sculpts, really clean paint job. They just look fine and they just look like a really nice army. Um, and then that's sort of like with the generals, which we can easily see which are being used. And then. The. Archers and this sort of thing, and I think one of the things I like about. DBA, I think this is, is the fact that because like so many of the army lists are sort of set which just gives you like a couple of little options for what you're sort of swapping in. You, you can sort of like several of your figure stands can sometimes pull double duty. If you go, well, in, in this army, there's some light archers for so-and-so. In this army, there's some light archers for a different army, but they look the same, they dress the same. They're mm -hmm. on the sort of like the same basing, like the same basing. They're on like desert bases or whatever. I think they work. I think you can sort of like let your figures sort of like pull quite a lot of, different work and they also allow you to do armies which for like other game systems might be like cost prohibitively expensive yeah but actually sort of make them work well so sort of like this army with like you know multiple stands of cataphracts like all the archers and all that sort of stuff. it looks an absolutely gorgeous army yeah uh, um it looks so much fun and just like having like so many options like and you know there's actually like well over like two armies there by the time you sort of like split it up into the actual like how many bases you have for the game yeah and you know with its camp and all that sort of stuff it looks really really nice and once again you know more fuel to that fire of how 15 mil can be like a really cold scale yeah um despite you know me and earlier episodes saying what's the point of it it's rubbish um I yeah, really, really, really like these, Martin. Please sort of let's see more of these, especially more of the Romans. And the you know, the, like the Palmyran archers. It's also again, you know, nice to know exactly what they are. Um yeah. and like yeah, one of the things I like, have you ever played any? No, GTA? not at all. Not at all. Um we'll have to play some at some point. Um Yeah. I I know uh our friend uh, Paul's got many armies. Yes. Um, and with, with their match opponents and all that sort of stuff. And I've played him a, a few times. Uh, I've got a couple of armies. It's a really good game system because like, every army is based around the same number of base stands. Okay. So, like, like every arm, most armies have like 14 bases of whatever you're using. Um, and so, sort of, like, so it, it becomes, and it's a very in one way, it's a very simple game, but it's very becomes very complicated because everything works on sort of like a 
stand by stand basis. Yeah. So you can never kind of like you have a plan and then your plan is never going to work. I know like the last game I played against Paul, I managed to sort of like end up getting a win because of like how it ended up being was his only option was to march like a his uh like Alexandrian uh like phalanx through a bog. Because uh, you know, they'd sort of like been pinned down everywhere else. It's the only place they could sort of go was through a bog, and then sort of like it turned out my really rubbish infantry uh, managed to sort of like have enough bonuses because they were on the dry land to the other side of a bog, where the phalangites were sort of trying to fight. But actually, the legionnaires just managed to sort of like push them off and murder them. Um, cool. Who knew? Um, no, it's, it's a great game. I think we will have to play at some point in the future. So thank you very much for that Martin now moving back onto so we now jump from 15 mil ancients to 1200 cold war with some of Drummondel's soviet choppers for mm-hmm. north Ag. and these look really really nice um, yeah you know, these again make you get sort of make uh, Cold War. These are nice. Um, they look really, yeah, they, they look fantastic. I think you could do some really cool, like, air cav games or, or that sort of stuff with them. But as as we like on, you know, Hobby Sport Group, we like it when hobbyists are eclectic in their painting. So we've gone from, like, one, two hundred, uh, you know, helicopter gunships from Sean to a bounty hunter and his acquaintance. Yes. But the Strontium dog. Um, you know, I will admit, like, I am a nerd. And I'm like a nerd of 80s stuff. And yet, Strontium dog, I never really meshed that with well with. Even, like, I've, I've read a lot of 2008. Yeah. But I'm not really on first name terms with Strontium dog. I don't know if you're... I um, read the origin story for him, which is an excellent piece of writing. Um, I think it's Pat Mills who wrote it, or John Wagner. I forget which one. But it's classic. Um, it's about his, before he becomes a bounty hunter, um, the kind of mutant uprising in um, future UK. And that was excellent. And I, I enjoyed this, the, 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 the one-off stories that I've read. I'm not, I've not got an encyclopedic knowledge of his adventures but um yeah i i mean it's it wouldn't he's not like my favorite 2000 ad character but it's solid and it's also um carlos escavira if i pronounce his name right art which is always amazing so yeah um uh, and uh these are really good paints as well i'm i'm liking the yellow it is very very nice yellow yeah Uh, really nice yellow and then yeah a bit more yellow of course you've got an ABC Ooh. Warrior. Um, <laughs> like I did read quite a bit of ABC Warriors. Yes. As a Sprog, because they sort of, they did sort of like fit quite well. And then moving into, you know, the legally distinct 40th millennium, we have um, from Sean some uh, uh, vanguards, not chimeras. Okay. I don't know if they're officially called not chimeras, but I think these are the not chimeras. Um, and they look really nice. You know, I think this is this is a, a month where Sean has been painting a lot of yellow very well. Yeah. And then 
onto some, you know, just to like, you know, bring it back to, you know, closer to home than the 40th millennium, <laughs> legally distinct. Um, some different kinds of goblins and orcs. And actually, yeah. here, here we have a different type of looking orc. Um, we do. I really, really, really like these. Um, yes. I think these are brilliant orcs. I think these are like, you know, these are orcs, goblin men, hobgoblins, sort of like whatever you want. And I think they work for my style of gaming anyway. I think these are much more fun than like big crazy GW orcs, but the vast majority of gaming that you go and try and do because they sort of look, they look real. Yeah. It, they look like, you know, they've take, either taken the, the armor and weapons off of humans or they look sentient enough to have manufactured their own stuff rather than just willing it into being from some random mushrooms. Okay. Yes. I think this is part of a trend for, um, goblins and orcs that look very much based in that um dark ages era uh and these look um, brilliant i believe there's a new game and i've forgotten the details of it but uh, there there is a, a a new range of these um sort of viking era or anglo-saxon era goblins and dwarves uh which look spectacular i'm not sure if these are part of that range what? but either way I, I like the look of these a lot well, I know these would be absolutely fantastic to fight against my Ragnarok minis uh, dwarves. Yeah, Ragnarok like, minis is exactly what I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, so like, because like, I've I've got some of the Ragnarok minis uh, dwarves. I've got some of the Ragnarok minis like Draugr and all that sort of stuff. I think these would just fit perfectly in there. And I I like how like as with the dwarves that I've got, I painted. Um, some of them are normal dwarves, and then I paint some of them as um, like not drow, drow, um, yeah. because why not? And because they, they look really cool. But no, these are really nice and really great work, Sean. They they look really fun. Um, now moving on to Soren, and Soren has taken a, a, a change from painting the wargaming bits that we know is saying what's that Soren? what game are you painting this month to things that we actually know and recognize what they are starting off with a tau fire team yeah and good use of the contrast paints on these i i think the, the contrast paints on these with how they've sort of settled and that sort of stuff, i think they work really well for that sort of like anime-ish sort of like cartoony animated look for yeah. the armor that sort of looks like the shaded um i know you are the the visual artist among the two of us ed but i quite like it. i think these do have that sort of more like cartoon-esque vibe to them i really like how yeah. they've looked out you can get really nice sort of watercolory effects with contrast um because different of the different contrast paints operate differently um i like a, a, a very much what he's done with the sort of brown uh bases but with these green uh growths of um what look like um coral uh or, or sort of uh alien fauna 
uh, or flora. That's what, whatever the not animal thing is. Big, big green plants, anyway. Uh, and the armor looks like it's been camouflaged to um, uh, 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 blend in with that um, background. It's, it's a really nice uh, uh, color scheme. No, I really like. I like how he's done the same thing with the trousers as well. They're like yeah. wearing like a trouser, like the fabric of the trousers is like a similar shade to the earth. Yeah. So they they are kind of yeah, despite being very bright, they do look blended in with the earth. I I really like them. Sorry, they are they look really effective as models that we've seen four million times. It's nice to see them look a little bit different. And then absolutely, yeah. Now, Andy isn't here to wax lyrical about the Beastmen, so we will try and do them justice. Um, you can't go wrong with a Beastman, really. Um, are you a Beastman fan? Um, moderately. I, I, I think they've got their place. Never an army that I particularly wanted to collect. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I like a Beastman on the table. I was very recently shot to pieces by Andy's Beastman band, playing sword weirdos so uh yeah well they're the space goats those were the well these are just goat goats these weren't oh. the space goats uh although they were goats in space they find distinction as i'm sure the listener will understand but uh but yeah no he uh he had some uh sort of bluey green turquoise uh beastmen uh which we put together as a a, a sword weirdos band tried i've just remembered i've got some painted up some french foreign legion anthropomorphized goats and camels that could work for that oh 100 percent. yeah it's just goat wars <laughs> there we go <laughs> uh these are really nice uh i know some of these sculpts are you know nearly as old as i am um really nice bases on these as well so i'm you know, very crisp very clean great use of a tuft um look really nice i will let you now pronounce the friend as they are. Fimir is the way that I pronounce it. Well, though, um, yeah. Yes, one of the words I can't pronounce. Um, yeah, who doesn't want crazy, evil, bog dwelling, nerdy worlds yeah. to come and murder unwary um, adventurers? Um, it's also it's unusual to see such a, a, a like a large gang of them. I think these are going to because yes. I know they're like quite powerful creatures in the law. These are going to give anybody like a horrible day. I would imagine this is an entire army of them. Um, yes, I think these are released by Forge World, so they're not the original Vermeer. Uh, they're the, um, well, it's, they're still old because they're out of production, but, um, uh, or at least they were until recently, who knows, with the return of the old world. But um, they're big as well, which is originally a miscommunication uh, with the designer for the Vermeer. Uh, they weren't meant to be as big as all that, but the sculptors went a bit to town. And I think Brian Ansell, who asked for the Vermeer to be, um, you know, it was his idea to have a Warhammer-specific race. Uh, apparently, he, he was he was not impressed with the fact that they were so big that you couldn't get them on regular bases. But uh, I think it was a good choice because these are big bruisers and very malevolent looking. Well, yeah, because they're like, they're like, ogres are like the big lads and these are even bigger than the ogres aren't they so they're yeah yeah they're pretty ogre size yeah so in a way they're like the dreadnought army of fantasy there you have yes although i suspect modern ogres are now slightly bigger than the big Vermeer. 
so I know someone who's using them as a um, a dark a a, a a a a black orc army. So he's using the orcs and goblins lists, but uh, he's using them as uh, black orcs. Yeah, but like the, the sizes of things, you can probably you know you can more or less use like an original like mega knob as like a ammo run these days. Well, that's true. That Near enough. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Probably it would it would be quite funny. Has anybody got? If anybody's got one of like that, like got an old knob that they then like put on like the new Gazgore base or something. He's probably is about <laughs> the size of it. Yeah, I'm a Gretchen. Um, then some stormtroopers, um, some like imperial psychers, and all sorts of stuff. And once again, I think like sorry, I really like how you decided to like go with the idea of it's the far future. But they're actually going to have camo that is working on the alien world. Yeah. I, I I like this, and I think I, I've never seen like orange and like to my eyes like lime green mm. imperial guard. But it looks a really cool color scheme, and it has. Yeah. But with having the little plants on the bases, they do kind of marry and blend, and just don't look. Like it's some weird acid fever dream. They, yeah. they look really cool. And then the the great classic Empire head on the guy on the end with the eye patch and the big beard. Oh yes, yeah. Really, what's what's not to love with these? So thank you very much for keeping us entertained this month, Soren, with what you've done. Then, you know, we're not all just far future beastmen. Fancy alien worlds, power swords, and all that sort of stuff. We we do, you know, in theory, try and float around many historical periods, but sort of stick to them with the majority of what we're gaming, even though that's not really true. So we now move on to Steve Harbors and some nice tricorns. And these are very nicely painted. Yeah. Work in progresses from Stephen, and again, these are rudely nice. You know, perfect crisp webbing, trousers, highlights on the pockets of the trousers, which is rude. They've got <laughs> shoes. Um, I am starting to think six more dudes who get painted individual shoes are doing quite well. Um, and now, as I'm painting more and more of my English Civil War stuff. The cobblers are being more and more lackadaisical in supplying <laughs> other armies with footwear. Um, now these these look um, absolutely smashing, Stephen, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what these are all like when you know they're ranked up and based up, and then like what the army looks like because these are truly crisp paintings. Yeah. Then flipping backwards, you know, it may, maybe possibly it might be an idea one month if if I don't do the, when I organise the, the folders for these into alphabetical order, I actually go in content or theme order because then we <laughs> might we, we might not go from you know Seven Years War to forty k to Drycorns back to forty k again, but never mind, we're back in forty k world again. And you know, I think when, when you're talking 40k, who can you get sort of better really than than Stephen Kellen's work? Who yeah. 
once again, you know, kind of sets the standard, I think, for, you know, hobby painting with the GW stuff. And we're starting off with a tech priest. And I assume this is like one of the new like weapon servitors. Um, yes. Yeah, I believe so. Well, where to Lovely start? sculpts. I mean, the, 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 um, he really does these new uh, Games Workshop sculpts justice. Um, excellent paint jobs on, on very nice minis. Yeah, these are really nice minis. Like, I haven't seen either of these two sculpts before, but you instantly tell what they are. I really like the Servitor. I think the Servitor actually looks a lot better than, like, the old Servitor model did. It does. It does, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I, the Tech uh, Priest or, or the uh, Mechanicum fellow, I'm not familiar with, but the um, uh, Gun Servitor uh, I have seen before and really... Really cool model and 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 uh, I guess better than the old one, uh, shock horror. But I I think the uh, uh, the what I really like about his work, the paint jobs, is that as I say, it does the model justice. It feels like something that's um, sort of popping off the uh, off the page of the rule book. It does. I think they both look. I think with so much of Stephen stuff, I think they look like the box art. Yeah. Um, but I really like that gun servitor. I think that gun servitor, I think, would be, again, one of those cool models that you could have in your collection to pull out for other things. Yes. Because yeah. I think, that especially if you were playing like Zone Alpha, if you were playing like a weird war game, I think if like even if you were playing something like, uh, like how in the last hobby update we talked about that breacher, which is like you know you might be like infiltrating like a tech factory next week or something like that yeah. because oh, this is something that they're working on it's sort of i think it works there. i think it's a really useful good model um and they also like how the weapon is indistinct enough so you can sort of say it's anything yeah yeah oh it's a plasma pistol it's yes yeah, it's, it's whatever you sort of need it to be and then like maybe on the like an equally cool model but on the flip side of well, it could you could use it for many things is the um dark apostle demon sort of thing with you know the the back the, the um like power pack on fire job the little slave servitors oh yeah um the book of logar i assume it is on fire yeah that that's exactly um what it is in terms of the law I really like this model as well. I think it's really good and, again, a really uh, great paint job. Um, very uh, impressed with the fire. Uh, it's, it's very simple in terms of it's just yellow through to red, but uh, it it, uh, it looks great. Yeah, um, a big fan of that. And then a Terminator captain with a storm bolter and a power sword, and. I like how Stephen has put so much work into making this such a nice paint job on this, which I assume is a model that never gets seen actually on the tabletop, because having played, unless the rules have changed drastically, like Stormbolt, Power Sword, Terminators, are about the most useless thing <laughs> you can possibly feel. Well, so. I, I I think the new way that 40k works is that. It doesn't necessarily matter as much what they're equipped with. Um, so uh, the it, it, I, I suspect it will have changed quite radically. 
Um, but uh, either way, it is a an amazing model, if you, even if you weren't to play with it. Oh, no, it's, uh, it's a fantastic model. It's, yeah. It's, that is. I mean, quite often, I think with, especially with things like Terminators, you just go for the rule of call, cool, don't you? Of course. And, and you go, well, yeah, of course, especially in the older rules, it's got power sword, but it counts as something that actually hurts Terminator armor, because why would I take a three plus sword when everyone wears two plus armor? Um, but that's by the by. But this is this is really cool. Uh, like really, you know, there are so many things on this that you, you sort of look at and you go, "That's really clean. That's really cool. I like the lighting mm. on that. That must be so difficult." And like the, the the pure like white on the one little decorated pad, then like the just the blues and how it just all bleeds into each other just so well. It's just it really takes my hat off to what Seal paints. And then this little stumpy chap, yeah. who is, I'd like an army of these, I think, at some point. Um, just... Well, I, I have a Death Guard army, but they're loyalist Death Guard. Um, so less of the uh, uh, pickle helm, uh, sci-fi pickle helm and, and stuff, and, and less uh, cables and um grotesqueries but uh yeah this is a classic model and again a really great paint job yeah you mean they've not grown up in a high gravity world so they are somewhat stunted or rotund yes because <laughs> uh, um yeah this is just a, a great old school death god model yeah. goblin green base complete as well um and then continuing on with the very nicely painted terminators got a terminator chaplain mm-hmm. which looks really nice i i like how they've done i like with these new terminators how they've kind of gone back to like the the look of like the old metal terminators yeah and just sort of like gw and big under them yes they're just yeah they're like, like there's so much because like from a distance i think you you might always most just think oh that is one of those like old like late 90s metal terminator chaplains that's just you wouldn't realize how much bigger it was i think until you saw it in the flesh it's really nice um and then so are, are these the death god that are more akin to yours that are currently not infecting the shelf as they, they are loyalists i believe so he's got um the new uh death guard heads which you got a new headset i never got the new helmets um but i believe these are you know, I'm not sure if these are the new plastics. Um, either way, they look great um, and uh, nice because you're doing um, basically a beige, which is muddy. Um, you, the risk is that you create something that looks um, messy, but without depth. And these look messy, but they've got loads of depth, uh, different shades, greys, browns. Um, as well as the cream and the white in there and lots of staining. Um, these look amazing, really good. No, the, the, these definitely... I like how these could be both sort of like... You don't know if they're loyalists or traitors. Yeah. Which I, I quite like. At least I don't, without knowing the law of like the, the helms. Um, but, the, the, uh, yeah, those could be loyalists or traitors, absolutely. But I, I, I very much, as you were saying, like... They don't just look like they've been sort of painted cream and then 
COVID in Earth, Earth Grax. They, they, yeah. There's so much more depth to that, but they do very much sort of like, look, like if you wipe your hand across them, it's going to like come back gunky and ugh. <laughs> they look gooey. Um, they do look, they do look moist. Yeah. Um, and then rounding out with some more goody two shoes ultramarines. Yeah. With a couple of the modern devastator dudes with the heavy bolters, the like sergeant who I don't know what his new official name is for the devastator sergeant, who always just used to be like the first dude who you would take the wound off. Yeah. Because he's not got the weapon. He's yeah. He's Mr. Ablative Wound. And maybe that's why this, this dude's already missing an arm. You know, he's already been he's already been in action. He's already taken one for the team. Um and then a lieutenant with a power sword and a cool pose. Um, yeah. and I know I know there is sort of like a standing joke of like Primaris Lieutenants. Oh, here's here's this week's special limited edition Primaris Lieutenant. Um is actually like a cool model that looks Really, really nice, Stevenson. Thank you once again for all your 40k stuff that we probably got slightly wrong, but it was fun. Um, now moving on from you know a high point of painting to some perfunctory painting with myself, and I have succeeded in painting a unit of Commander Shot. So, you know, hold the applause. Um, although I am quite pleased in this as it is a six mil unit of commanded shot that is a foot wide um yeah so there's quite a few strips in it um yeah this is what uh a 1500 man unit looks like when you paint it up on a five to one scale um this was a lot of fun um this is why i'm really enjoying doing this six mil ecw part project because I'm going to build ridiculously massive units. Um, mm. Like, what games normally do you like to build units which have like a 30 centimeter frontage for one unit? <laughs> which is like, and it's like one of the small ancillary units. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, lots of fun painting these. Um, quite simple paint job on them, really. Um, it's just, yeah, you know, I, I, I've just picked a, a selection of paints that sort of like reflect colors of the times. So lots of like washed out reds, greens, browns, yellows, beiges, grays, that sort of stuff. Um, and then just I go through them all and it's just like, right, I'll do a few this color, a few that color, a few this color. Right, I've done a load of those jackets few of those now could be made to trousers away I go um and then the same with the hats like some are, are red leather hats some are brown leather hats some are more like tanned red leather hat um mm -hmm. and just go and you know when you're painting hundreds and hundreds of the figures at the same time just trying to not worry about it too much yeah. and go oh I've missed half of that dude's face I'll go back and do it and then you forget which one you've done, so you have to like look through them to try and find whose face you've missed. Um, and I'm finding like the more of these I paint, the quicker I'm getting at painting them, but also realizing actually what doesn't doesn't matter. It's like when I first started doing like this 
ECW project, I was like, I would be like turning the strips upside down to like paint the under rims of the hats and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. I don't anymore because you can't see them. No, you, yeah. You, you have to like literally lift as soon as they're ranked up. Like I, I do like the, the underlip of like the front rank because you can sometimes see that from certain angles, but like yeah. the middle ranks, you just cannot see. You can't see their faces. Mm-hmm. So it's like I paint the faces, but I, I'm not doing like the under rims of hats. Um, no, well, that's fair. Yeah. And like they're, they're not based up yet. Well, they're, they're glued to their bases, but I've not like flocked or any of the bases just yet because I'm going to do the entire army together. Yeah, I, I think it'll just be making it a lot e- an easier job where I can just get the entire army on one th- the table, and then just make sure it's all flocked with the same flock at the same time, and it should, yeah. in theory, be better. We will wait and see if that is a method to madness or not. Well, it's such a messy job. I think you want to do it in a kind of contained, focused way. Well, especially now I've got one of the static grass applicators, so you sort of oh yes. Now you sort of like you want to put them on the tray, get your grass all done. But I think I think it will be fine. I, I just want to. I always like to base my armies all up at the same time, just because I use the like ever living bucket of flock. Yeah. That I just like top off. I know like if I do half of them now, and then like I, I paint anything else before I've got them finished, and I end up basing that, my flock might just be slightly different. Yeah. So um, it's we will we will see that. That's a problem for you know future Tom to worry about. Fair. Uh, you know he gets all, he gets all the fun projects. Um, so we now move on to our final stop of the week, and where could it be? But with Warren, and do you get to see these, Ed? I do see them. Yes, excellent. Um, and this is some of Warren's twenty mil chain of command terrain, I think, and. Warren, now we, we, we're starting with the Warren Sand, but this is just—it's unfair. It's unsports. <laughs> it's it's unsportsmanship, like. Um, yes. Yeah. Where do you start? You know, I really, really love like the washed-out, rotting wood. They're like moss-covered, slimy, ruined doors, and I think these are so cool because I, I think these both scream real and fantasy at the same time yeah i think like these could just as easily be you know like i'm assuming these are for chain of command but they could be like rangers of shadow deep or anything yes yeah you know like these look like the kind of buildings where you know you've got a halfling ranger hiding behind it ready to snipe an orc just as easily as you've got some partisan in a leopard print coat uh, ready to try and pop some Einscrupen does it pop back. I think they I think they're absolutely fantastic. I think they're great I think they're great like pieces of terrain as well. I think I assume the three D prints, but I think they're really useful like tabletop pieces of terrain as well, because they're obviously going to like block line the site. Yeah. But they kind of function like bits of scattered terrain so they can sort of be whatever you want them to be. But by them looking sort of like so Especially how Warren's painted them, so, so they look sort of like so dilapidated and ruined. Yeah. You don't have to have like the whole base of all the ruins around them. Because I don't know about you, but I quite often find when you've got ruins on a battle table or you're playing a game with ruins, the ruins always look 
incredibly clean. Like, yeah. you know, someone's been, I know, like, I don't know if you've, like, looked at many of the photographs of sort of, like, cities after, like, World War Two or, like, after the Spanish Civil War stuff, you see, like, actually what, like, a rubbled city sort of, like, a ruined city kind of looks like with just yeah. the, like, almost, like, dunes of bricks and that sort of stuff. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like, you Dust never and get... grime and, yeah. Yeah, you, you sort of never get on any battlefield, but, like, no, I... I really like these, and I, I like how they're also like such the different sizes of them. So you can sort of like scatter them about. So it's like it's a small hamlet that's been exploded, yeah. um, or it's like a, it's a village that's sort of been burnt down. And I, I think you could like use these so easily in your own storytelling. You know, of this is this is a village that was burnt down last year. This is what it looks like now, quite as easily. This could be a, be, be a village that was burnt down 150 years ago. You know, it's, yeah, it's still. still bits and bobs of it sort of poking about um so please warren let us know where these files are from because they look great and yeah i i really do think that i think they'll probably one i think they're probably some of the few buildings that i've seen that i think really would be able to pull double duty on like a fantasy table and look fantastical and look legit on a historical table as well. Yeah. But I think quite often, like when you you, you put like a, a a real historical building on a fantasy table, it kind of quite often doesn't sort of gel quite right. Do you? No. Think that, yeah. I, I I'd agree. Yeah. It's sort of like lacking in whimsy. Yes. Yeah. I don't know like how like a, a cow shed can like lack in whimsy. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, you want a whimsical cow shed. I mean, that's how you know you're in fantasy land. Yeah. I don't, it, it, it's, you think that you've seen, like, what your expectations are for ruins. Um, I don't, I never thought of having this combination of sort of wattle and daub, wooden frame uh, uh, on top of the stone, having that as part of the ruins. Um, they look unlike any other ruins that I've seen for tabletop gaming. Do you not have... Um... I suppose it's all, it's I suppose it's where you're from, because I know like where I'm from in like northern Derbyshire, it's it's a quite it's a kind of quite standard building practice. I know it, it was very funny when my the people next some people bought the house next door to where uh, the the big farm next door to where I grew up, and that was stone and then um, like rendered on top, and they were taking all the render off and they sort of discovered that like, this house that they've bought. It was like it wasn't all stone all the way up. There's like huge pieces of it which are just sort of like old, like sheep hurdle and bits of willow, mm-hmm. you know, all sorts of stuff that was just like in, filling it up and that, that, that then just been whitewashed and rented over. It was it was quite funny. Um, yeah, more Cotswold stony around my way, and I don't think that was necessarily a way that they, or at least if they did build that way, they've now all gone. Uh, but there's plenty of mock Tudor homes, uh, but. Um, uh, like it's a classic kind of fantasy expectation. I, I've you know I've drawn fantasy buildings that are like this, but um, I don't think I've seen ruins where they've incorporated the wooden frame in that way, where you can see the gaps where you know it's not stone; it's as you say, just sort of wattle and stuff yeah. that they've padded up the walls with. Yeah, I, I, but I think like if you were painting these up and you wanted to make these sort of like mid twentieth, like you were doing these yeah. in World War Two, yeah, like. A bit of like dollhouse wallpaper on the inside 
that yeah. sort of stuff. You've got them bang up to 20th century standards, or like, you know, the odd like washing machine downstairs in them, or, or that sort of thing. I think they would be great. And it's just like such the little details on them, like having a, like a roof, few, few of the roof slates still on there yeah. and that sort of stuff. And like, again, we were talking about with like John's stuff with all the, the different textures and stuff. There's so many different textures in these as well. You've got the wood, you've got the lichen, you've got, like I said, the wattle, the yeah. stone, but also like the different types of like stone. And that. It's, it's just, a, you know, it's the Warren standard for a reason. So they, they they look as they are for a reason. Now, what we're going to do is just quickly do some clicking while we move on to what Warren has done. Next, then, with some dwarves. And, you know, these may be the uh, you know, the backup gang for the postman we had last episode. <laughs> Muck about with me and I'll get my mates around. Yeah. Um, again, fantastic dwarves. Um, I like the movement trade that you've printed out for these as well warren mm. i think that i think the movement tray with the very gentle slope up i really quite like that idea i think yeah. I, I like how it sort of helps them blend more into the table and i like how you, these have got plenty of room around them to sort of maneuver so maybe even like how we were talking last episode also about like how something like victrix cavalry can get a bit snug yeah fit in, in in the movement trays Maybe just a movement trailer like this kind of sound, just you know, the, the few mills between each base. To, well, the, the, this is potentially, I don't know if this is Warren's plan, but there is a, of course, the new version of Warhammer Fantasy Battle. Um, the base sizes in many of the models, for many of the models, has increased. So I don't know if that's part of the thinking as well of having a tray where rather than rebasing all your models because life's too short you have a, a, a tray that gives you the right kind of frontage. Well, it does make sense if you've gone up from like a 28 mil base to a 30 mil base, 32 mil base to yeah. a, a four mil space between each one. Um, I don't know if that is the plan or not, or if this is just a plan to. I, I think I, I like this idea of having, especially I think if you've got a nice base and you can base it up to like the, the figures fitting a little bit more room. I, I like yeah. the idea of having these more like, server bases where you can like take them out and each one has their own individual little cell rather yes. than i know i tend to not use them i tend to use ones where they also like just clump in but i know like especially like with the ones i tend to use once you've taken like three or four figures out and you start moving them about everyone starts falling over because there's all loads of space in them so yeah um anyway sorry warren that we're looking at your beautiful dwarves <laughs> and we're just chatting about the movement tray that you've made for them uh yeah. Look at the bevel on that. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, no, these <laughs> Not... are, these are great, and um, just uh, you know, they, they, there's enough variety in the colours of, of what they're wearing that they look like they're irregular troops, but at the same time, there's a, a unity in the colours that make them look like they're all part of the same unit. And I know we've talked about this before, but I really like these sculptors, dwarves. Yeah. You know, they've got the odd trinket. You know, they've got like a a bear stein or like you know they've got buckles on that sort of stuff but they're not it's not like the bear steins also got two chutskis and like a tamagotchi and something else stuck to it as well they're just really nice um, yeah and then moving on from the dwarves just to, to to one of those sort of like 
useful character models that I think you could sort of just pull out from anyway. You know, you're running a D&D game or whatever, and you want your players to sort of like come across a character where, you know, they're going to try and sell them something or offer some advice, but you want them, you, you, you want to sort of like railroad your players into sort of going, this could be a questionable deal. Yeah. I think, I think this is a, a, a deal. This, this looks like a character who may be dubious in their business dealings. I, I would say so. Either that or he's threatening someone to come and have a fight, you know? Yeah. Maybe that very much that, you know, like come and have a go. Um, yeah. If you want to buy some magic beans. Um, <laughs> or maybe he's just, you know, really, really cocky and full of himself and he's just you know telling the uh beastie here to you know come and have a go if uh, yeah. hard enough um yeah so this is like a center ball uh, what are these ones it's like giant mining tool yeah sure. yeah i know they've got i know in gw land they have a special weird gw-esque name they do, yeah, but I think this is just your, your common or garden minotaur, I'd say. It's a minotaur that's, you know, it is a beefy minotaur. He's, oh, you know, it certainly is. He's a, he's a minotaur who, you, you know, he's, he's been nicking people's milk money for a couple of decades, I would imagine. Yes. Um, this is a fantastic sculpt and mm. a truly fantastic paint job, Warren. Um, yeah. I think high praise for this has got to go, like, to the armour and the like corrosion on the weapons yep and that sort yep. of stuff because i think it just makes sense to me that you know is a minotaur going to like take care to like rub its armor and you know vinegar and sand after a day murdering um probably not yeah is it going to be a bit corroded and messy very much so i think this just there's so much sort of like depth in all the metallics but also such like such warmth in the the, the skin tones it yeah. looks very much like a real creature and it kind of it looks almost like a human that's been turned into a bull yep. through yep. that through that skin tone and through through i think it's probably be yeah I, I just think it's it's an amazing sculpt that just looks terrifying and mm just such a really nice paint job and how it, it just it's a very muted palette with just the, the odd bit of red that like yeah. works as like the, the pop color for that but how it, there's just sort of like the odd flashes of red or pink as well in it you know within like the mouth and like a couple of little bits on the weapon and like warmer flesh tones here and there that they just sort of like really do bring the whole thing to life and just make it look absolutely gorgeous like this 100 percent would just be like a fantastic display model just to have like even if you haven't got like a display case or you haven't got models about i think if you just had like this in the window it's lovely i think it's yeah. if, if you're like you know giant minus all monster things. <laughs> um but if if you're not into sort of like giant minus all monster things that you, you fancy having maybe as a display piece. Um, I think also something that could be like a display piece, or I think definitely to me, especially when you look at like the up close pictures of it, looks like something that is in like a a movie museum 
from like a, a prop from some like amazing like stop motion animation sort of thing is this like constructed walker thing which i'm afraid i don't know where the model is from i was going to say it looks like a warjack from um whatever the game system is where you get warjacks i've forgotten what it's called now the one where it's like fantasy land but you get big robots um this may not be where it's from but um uh, uh yeah no the, the the game system escapes me but um uh either way it's very impressive i think it's amazing i think it, it, it's a great like it's no i like a stompy robot um but i think this is a, a absolutely fantastic paint job it's 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 one of those sculpts i think it's one of those models again that screams sort of like fantasy weirdness but i think it does sort of fit i think you could have it in like sci-fi but i think it also just looks like it fits in fantasy doesn't even though it's like you know you've maybe got elves firing arrows at it and it's got a couple of auto cannons on the top of it it sort of still Mm. makes sense um and there's like so much character and personality in the paint job that Warren's managed to give it. it. It looks like something that's maybe been underground for hundreds, if not thousands of years. That you know, you've walked into a tomb and found it, and there it is. Yeah. And it's an absolutely gigantic model. Yeah. Um, so it, the system I was thinking of was War Machine. I don't know if this is a War Machine thing because that gun on its left arm looks very World War Two. But but I, I, either way, I, I I like it a lot. I think it's great. And look at that base as well. Um, sorry, we're in, into base. <laughs> chat but with a combination of tufts and stone ruins and gravel it looks great and yeah it looks as you say like something that's been buried under the earth for generations yeah it's just just astounding i i really really like it and i think it would be like yeah if, if you're running like a really long campaign and then you need like a big bad at the end of it and you don't want something like a dragon but you want sort of like you want a construct but you've been doing something where you know you've got some like gnomish construct or something that's you know you want the god of constructs or golems or something Mm -hmm. something like this i think might be quite good um if if it sort of like fits in with like the idea that you've got but then um you know because it's warren and he's not just doing you know super loving built looking buildings you know, really cool monsters, giant, stumpy robot dwarf and gnome things. Now, then just does some sort of like Dark Age civilians, because, you know, yeah. why not? Because you are and then you can be a sickeningly good painter. Um, <laughs> so here we have, uh, you know, I'd say sort of like period unspecific peasanty types. Yeah. I, think, I think you could sort of get away with these almost quite awake i think definitely the sort of the father and two children i think you could sort of use from sort of you know almost like prehistory to sort of 19th century i think you'd sort of get away with them i yeah, think re- yeah. i think really um now i've got like a, a, a i've got a book somewhere close by that's sort of like it's all the, the cutting patterns for like 19th century farmers smocks so you know um <laughs> Whereas I think the like the family on the left, I think are maybe a bit more sort of middle age esque, aren't they? Yeah. With the 
the like studio stuff but again lovely sculpts fantastic paint job look really nice um but then you know it's, it's you paint it up with like a really nice dark age family and you know then some like unknown peasants and you know, what can go with them uh traveling weasel sort of like <laughs> uh druid monk whatever you want really um yeah why not um if you are in this is what you do um great fun sculpt um uh, things yeah. probably for like something like burrows and badgers yeah i i i think i've we, we've probably said this before but some of those burrows and badgers animals where they look a bit too cartoony i think nah, not so keen but this looks very naturalistic like a um they've not done that much to this weasel to to anthropomorphize it so um yeah this is lovely it's really good yep really like this and then to round out warren standard uh by last but no means least we have some more of his 20 mil americans and yeah where 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 do you sort of start with these really um because it's not just like there's one or two of them there's you know thousands of them um yeah. <laughs> well, starting off with like some bazooka teams um you know absolutely fantastic some observers and then you know and then one of the cool things like the really cool things about warren is you see like how he, he puts things like all the different skills that he has when he does his building and his painting into things so like especially like lots of the, the terrain that he does these days you see how he he puts it all in together with like his anti-tank guns and that sort of stuff so we're talking all how what clerical we yeah. were about those really cool buildings like all the, the different wood textures and that sort of stuff and here he is now with an anti-tank gun you know set up in like a burnt out wooden house um that again you know might be burnt out for four or five years and he's just just amazing looking warren um yeah. it's like next time i do some larger scale world war ii I'm putting my artillery guns and stuff in ruins um, because I'm just going to nick the idea because I think they look so cool. Yeah, uh, they, they they just look really really nice. Um, but then you know it's it's not just even like one or two of those. You know he did the anti tank gun in the building, just painted it up. Then another anti tank gun having to quickly deploy in the field to try and prevent some breakthrough, and like a a maxim team, and a jeep because um, you know. Americans, you can never go more than about three feet on foot leather before you need a jeep, so you need lots and lots of jeeps, which yeah. looks cool. And this is a very cool um sculpt of the jeep as well. I don't know if this is a print or if this is a kit. I do really like the inclusion of the actual see through windscreen, oh, yes, rather, yeah, rather than painting the windscreen. So, uh, let's know, Warren, is that the good old blister plaque plastic that you've sort of um. But I would be quite uh, be quite funny if it's a 3D print with you know second sourced blister pack plastic for for the windscreen. Um, looks uh, great, and then finally ending off with a heavy machine gun team, and yeah. you know that's it. Uh, you know for a bit for one, but it is nice. I'm going to say you know as we as we've had base chat. I think it's been the theme of the October and November, sorry, November and December's hobby sport group uh, gallery things. It's nice to see sometimes even Warren as figures that can't quite fit on the base properly. <laughs> That's so, true. 
Like, yeah. He's going to have a sore ankle in the morning for not supporting that while they're firing off tracer rounds. Um, <laughs> well, thank you very much, Ed, for joining me for this second part of the gallery. Thank you very much, listeners, for again sharing all your work. Hopefully, um, it's not throwing you through too much of a loop having what is technically two gallery episodes back to back, but we wanted to try and get everything caught up as soon as possible because we do really appreciate all of your work yeah. and it is so inspiring. And please keep sharing it all. Please, you know, post any corrections that we have got wrong, or I'll say I've got wrong. Um, on the Facebook group. Let us know specifically what things are. If you want to call out anything in, in specific, you know, let us know more. But also just please keep sharing your stuff and you also share your things on the, the, the terrain group as well, because that's going great hogs as well. It's it's just, it is truly a pleasure when we do these episodes every month or every two months, as it seems for this one, uh, to just to like, you know, just sharing the joy of looking at all these cool painting things yeah and it's really interesting seeing what range of things people are doing um we've got a very eclectic listenership when it comes to different kinds of things that people do um and there's been a couple of things where i've looked and gone oh maybe i should do that or maybe i should start that army um so uh so yeah dangerous as well yeah well maybe afterwards we'll have to support like do a new podcast of like hobby peer pressure <laughs> that's all other hobby podcasts surely yeah uh no yeah no what scale do you not collect that's the one you should do um, <laughs> welcome to my friend group of 15 mil world or two tom it's like no uh, we'll see this if if uh, this time next year i'm like and here's the 15 mil whatever i've painted somebody has permission to throw at least one metal chaos dwarf at me from a reasonable distance. Yes. It's got to be at least 15 feet away. Um, sure. Anyway, thank you very much, everyone. Thank you very much for recording with me this evening, Ed. We'll speak Please. to you all soon. Goodbye. Thanks, folks. <laughs>